Welcome to Top Advisor Marketing, where you will learn how to become a prolific online influencer, attract more ideal clients, and grow your practice. Brought to you by Top Advisor Podcasting, a done-for-you podcasting solution built just for trusted advisors. And now, your co-hosts of Top Advisor Marketing, Kirk Lowe and Matt Halloran. Hello and welcome to another Top Advisor Marketing Podcast today is Kirk Lowe. And we're going to talk about hashtag be your own loud podcasting micro influencer and more. For those of you who've been uh, listening to the podcast, we've been hinting towards the fact that we're we're doing something a little different here. And um, this is really a, a cumulative brainchild between Kirk and I, but, but the way that Kirk talks about it is just so much fun for me to listen to uh, because he's the one who did all of the research on the hard numbers and statistics that we're going to be talking about today. And, um, and, and he is so excited about this, uh, that you as our listeners are going to hear a truly excited Kirk Lowe. Now, Kirk, I just totally set you up. So you, but your energy better be high brother. Better be, I better start off with a bang, right? So, <laughs> I mean, honestly, this is probably the most fun I've had in my 20 years working in my own business coming up with what we're about to talk about how we've gotten here i won't get into all that but it's a it's a fun place to be in your business when you've got the right people in the right seats on the bus and you've got time to go do something which i think we're on the cusp of doing something extraordinary for advisors and obviously in that case for ourselves too but it, does, it never works if it's just for you right so it's true about other people Okay, well, but why why is this so exciting? Why is it so fun? What is it about podcasting this micro influencer philosophy that you came up with? What what is so intriguing about it? I think what's so intriguing about what we've worked to create here and, and is that how advisors what advisors struggle with in their businesses and all the advice that they've been given along the years along their path and how many people come to them in a silo and say, this is what you should be doing. And how many times they hear in it, read in an article or on the stage at an event or at a booth, all these independent, all these independent thoughts. And sometimes they're, they're put together collectively, but they're not always the most efficient. They're not all leading edge, but I feel like we've figured out two or three of the best things that you can do. And they connect together so well. And if they're done right, they can act as almost an entire marketing strategy. And how they pick each other up and impact each other, it's phenomenal. And I think that's what's so exciting about it. And as I tell you all the characteristics of of ideas and and concepts and strategies that we're going to talk about today, you'll start to put those pieces together, right? That, that puzzle, that, that vision of, of why we're so excited about this should come into focus. And if it doesn't, it just means you're probably not ready for it. Or I did a really bad job presenting. (laughs) I doubt that, but it could be that they're not ready for it or they're not in the, the right mind space. So where do we even begin? Let's, let's start from the foundation of this whole program. What is that? Yeah. So the foundation is what you and I are doing right now, which is podcasting. It's being your own loud. It's finding your voice and being courageous enough and intelligent enough to pursue that and to put it in and don't let anything get in your way. Don't let your budget get in your way. Don't let 
time management get in your way. Don't let resources get in your way. Don't let anything get in your way because speaking what you know of and putting it out into the world is one of the most important things about being successful in life and and, and business, right? Yeah. And I didn't think I was ever going to get that philosophical, but that just popped. It was the way you asked the question, which is why you're so good at doing what you're doing, which is why you always should have been doing podcasting. Yeah. Amen, brother. So, you, you know, you were missing. And that's what I'm trying to tell everybody is you may not be a podcasting uh, phenomenon, but your ideas need to be shared. And one of the most important reasons why your ideas need to be shared is so that you can get better at expressing those ideas. And you can, and, you, and it challenges you to want to create more value, which is happening to us all the time. Two years of been podcasting, two and a half, something like that. And I'm constantly challenged to not only to come on here and want to do better, but to create better stuff. And I'm, and I'm also challenged to have more proof of concept and all those things. And it's an incredible medium in, our, in, our, in my life and my work. And I say my life because it's fun. Mm-hmm. I, I enjoy, I didn't, I didn't appreciate the commitment of writing blog posts as much or, or writing white papers. I've done plenty of them. It's mm-hmm. not as, I don't jump for joy, if you will, for doing those. Although I like the idea of how to, how to, you know, get the concepts out and the outlines out. But anyway, I'm on a bit of a tangent here because you asked such a great question. So the, let's get started here. And I've got four things I want to talk about today. Okay. Why yeah. Just to, j- jump. I, I love this. What? Why don't you read the four things? Okay, so so it's the the four the four the, okay well so so we've got the idea of, of podcasting being the holy grail of engagement. We've got which social networks work best for engaging content, how to proactively expand your podcast and, and ideal listeners, and then how to become a micro influencer. And I want to I want to go back to to something that you said there. When when you're being interviewed by somebody, uh, and you know, I, I've I've joked with people, Kirk, about how I'm a real nerd about podcasting. I'm actually not as much of a nerd about podcasting as I'm a nerd about interviewing, because that's where I spend uh, the majority of my time. Which is why these statistics you're going to talk about when it comes to podcasting are so fascinating to me. But one of the greatest things that can happen on a podcast, as the person who is the podcast host, is for your guest to say, "I never thought about it that way." Or for you to say something and and immediately have to write it down because you said something in a way that you hadn't said it previously because it's different when it's a conversation, right? I I absolutely freaking love that. And the greatest thing about podcasting is the intimacy of it. Why don't you jump into that right now? There's no doubt that what how my response to your question never would have come out if I was writing an article in my office on my own. It would never probably would never have made my article. that's mm-hmm. the great thing about having somebody. So thank you for that. And so podcasting, the holy grail of engagement, quite a statement. And I'm not trying to offend anybody by that. So I apologize if I, if I am, as in the religious theme of that. But podcasting, let me talk about some stats in podcasting because they, these speak for themselves. And I, I've read and gone through quite a few stats on podcasting. Lots of mildly interesting ones. But these ones all are really blow my mind, especially this first one. The first one is incredible. 49% of listeners of podcasts do so in their home. 
Okay, why is that important, though? I, I, I love that you focus on that, and I absolutely agree, but our audience needs to understand why that is such an important statistic. So how many advisors have conversations with people, not have conversations, how many clients or, or ideal prospects let you into their home on their quiet time while they're cooking dinner, while they're out in the patio, watching birds in, in, the, in the backyard, whether, you know, cooking on the barbecue, going for a walk, whatever they're doing, how many people let you into that time in their world, just you and them? It pretty much doesn't exist, never existed for financial advisors, and it does now, and 49% of the people listening are doing so in that, in that context. I, I want to add something to this. When I was just in um, Salt Lake City working with one of our strategic partners who's been on our podcast and who uh, he's on our 99 Best Ideas podcast all the time. His name's Mark Rogers. And Mark and I were talking and he said, you know, Matt, when I'm listening to your podcast, so he subscribes to the Top Advisor Marketing Podcast, which is really nice. He says, I feel like you and I are having a conversation, but I'm not saying anything. So we know, Kirk, I'm going to get wicked nerdy here about how the brain works, but neurologically, the distance between your eardrum, the nerves at the end of your eardrum and what's called the Broca area of your brain is like a centimeter. So this is, this is immediate intense processing that goes directly into your brain when it comes through your ears. So not only are people letting you into their own private quiet time, but you're activating an aspect, a part of a person's brain that is so wildly powerful and influential. But none of that matters. I'm going to play devil's advocate with you here. If the people who you want to listen to are not listening. So why don't you go through some of these other stats? Because this is where I think philosophically, it's beautiful that we got 50% of people bringing you into their quiet time. But these other stats are just like the icing on the cake. It's funny because when you think about the idea of it being in a conversation, although only one person is talking, that's a very familiar thing in my life. <laughs> like I have an uncle who just never stops talking. I told him he could run a radio station and just he, he'd be the only person and he would have, he would never run other things to talk about. Hmm. And because one thing goes to go to the other. Uh, but the truth is, is when you're in a conversation and somebody's really interesting, you may be nodding and yesing and, and, and I mean, like for a good part of the conversation. So it's not actually that abnormal to have somebody, you know, kind of, you know, tell me more, especially if you're the one who signed up and said, you know what, uh, Matt, I really want to, I really want to listen to your, you know, you talked to, you mentioned this the other day, or you just mentioned it. Tell me more about that. And it's just you, it's like you've just, by clicking on that podcast, you said, tell me more about that. I'm listening. So 49%, that's a Matt, it's an incredible opportunity to be in an intimate situation, uh, setting, and that is why engagement is so incredible. And marketers are just now figuring this out because they couldn't statistically determine, and, and sponsors didn't know this either, that advertising can happen anytime throughout a podcast and you're likely to, to listen to it because people are doing it at home. And guess what? They're listening. Most people are listening to the whole podcast or almost all of it. And now they can track that. And they're blown away because they never think they, you know, sponsors, advertisers, they, they didn't realize that that was going to be the norm. So that's an incredible 
you know, finding statistic. Um, another neat one is that there's 550,000. Now, different groups have different numbers, but I found this to be a good number. I, I found it several times in some of the stats I was reading. It was that 550,000 uh, podcasts, like active podcasters uh, uh, in, in the marketplace. But you're mm-hmm. thinking to yourself, half a million podcasters, that's a lot of podcasts. But really, it's not. There's a lot of people. There's a lot of industries and there's a lot of people talking about all kinds of different things in these podcasts. So it's not that many. So I would say that it's an unsaturated market. So there's a lot of opportunity for more podcasts to exist. Just think about how many uh, songs, record labels, movies. I mean, anyway, there's a lot of opportunity for new podcasts to exist and thrive. 45% of podcast listeners are more likely to earn uh, 250,000 and more. So that's an incredible stat too. So podcast listeners are typically more educated and they're higher income earners. So that's a great thing for most financial advisors and most people wanting to connect with podcasters or advertise through them. My last stat here is that 70%. So some of you might be thinking, well, I mean, we do get advisors that we talk to say who don't understand what a podcast is, or they've never they've heard of the term but they don't know what it is. But seventy percent of the U.S. population are familiar with uh, podcasting, so that's that's a good sign. Now it does say the term podcasting, but that's 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 a lot. And it used to be, I think, only a couple of years ago it was in the fifties. So steady growth upwards. Podcasting has never been a fad which is a really important stat too. So I'm, I'm going to read you a quick little quote here from a gentleman named uh, Jason Cox. He's the CTO of Panoply. I think I said that right, hopefully. And it reads, podcasters and advertisers alike have long suspected that their listeners might just be the holy grail of engagement. That's where I stole that, by the way. The medium is inherently intimate and easily creates a one-sided feeling of closeness between the listener and the host. The sense that the person talking into your ear on your commute is somehow uh, is someone you know, whose product recommendations you trust and whose work you want to support. That's an incredible validation of podcasts. And I couldn't agree more with that statement. Here's another line from Jason as well. It's a lean in medium. People are really listening and want to consume all the content is there and available. There's a level of dedication that comes from podcast listeners that otherwise you don't find. Isn't that what we want? What we say, how we want it to be, how we want it to resonate and be connected with people. If you're thinking about, you hear everybody talk about build your own drive, build your own tribe, podcasting. I mean, what better way to do it other outside of the podcast based on what I just read you? Absolutely. I think that this is, uh, you know, he touched on a lot of the points that that I, I I've connected with the, the idea of of intimacy, the uh, the idea of um, people wanting to support. And I'm I'm going to digress just for a moment here because podcasting isn't something that you can do like three of them, six of them, twelve of them. You know, if you look at the people who are really doing well in podcasts, they've done a hundred episodes. You have to show that commitment to your audience, and if you show that commitment. They're going to reciprocate that very, very. Yeah, very your well. your podcast will do better the, with the more podcasts you have. Not just because you're, you'll get better at it, but because people love binge watching and binge watching 
or listening, sorry. And, and it, mm-hmm. it becomes a credibility statement that if you've been around long enough, you've, you're, you're, you must have people listening to your podcast, right? Well, read, read this next quote. You've got another quote here that we absolutely, that I love. And I've used this, by the way, Kirk, on, on some of the, the, the sales calls that I've had recently. Yeah, what, this what is, is from this next Miranda quote? Katz at Wired. She's the one where I grabbed those other two quotes because she wrote, had written an article, which is at Wired.com if you want to go check it out. Uh, and her statement is, podcasts aren't a bubble. They're a boom. And that boom is only getting louder. Hence, our, our uh, tagline, be your own loud. Which I don't know if we got that from here because you said it while we were at a conference a couple of weeks ago, and I immediately wrote it down because I thought it was powerful. So I mean, I totally agree. This the, all the stats point to the fact that this has never been—it's not a trend or a fad. Podcasts—it's—it's uh, it's incredible. And the more I listen to why it's important and why people think it's the holy grail of engagement, it's just going to get more powerful and. We believe in it more and more every day, and so do the the advisors that we're doing, uh, helping produce their own podcasts. Podcasting alone is wicked super powerful, right? And you and I mm-hmm. agree with that. But but that's not the whole kit and caboodle here. What 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 we've ended up brainstorming and creating and coming up with because of podcasting the the next section of this, which is you know, identify which social networks really engage with professional content the most. And Kirk, you know, uh, we, we were not going to talk about, you know, some of the crazy things that we've tried, but you know, it's always really important for everybody to understand that, that, that this was not a win right out of the gate, right? We have spent so much time and money on Instagram, Twitter, unbelievable amounts of cash on Facebook. And because of testing all of those, we've done a B tests we've read are we we even have a young lady who's on our team who her whole job for a while was to what we had a, a saying called pleasing the algorithm. What do we need to do to make the algorithms happy algorithms plural happy to get the posts that we're writing for our advisors seen and then we settled on one and why don't you explain why we settled on this one and which one this is yeah so these stats are going to be pretty obvious. And my favorite one, again, here is going to be the first one. And the first stat is a LinkedIn stat. And this stat blew my mind when I read it. And But it blew my mind because I was mostly because I was so happy that it uh, corroborated what I, I felt, which is LinkedIn is just a better network for professionals, not to not to connect with other professionals, but just to be be professional. And for people to be there for this for the same reasons that you want them there, which is to get better in their business and or life. So LinkedIn users are 11 times more likely to engage in professional content. And that is astounding. 11 times is a big deal. Two times is a pretty big deal. 11 times is off the charts. So how can we expect to produce professional content like a podcast? and other interesting things that come from that podcast and have people engage in them. And when we were doing Facebook uh, like a year and a half ago, we were getting good results and it just keeps going down because the algorithms change all the time and they're squeezing a free model. Facebook is as an example. Mm-hmm. And if you want your stuff to get read or seen or listened to, you have to pay to play. 
It's not. It's never been and like it, that. And it's in LinkedIn. I mean, they choke you off, right? But if you provide more value, they will open the gates, and that's the way it goes. Like if you're dedicated, they want you to fill up their 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 news channels, right? Their feeds, their activity feeds, and that you know, right now you're spending more time on LinkedIn, and you're you're benefiting from that because you know and. I've tiled off a little bit because some of this work I'm doing, but you know, when I, when I was more committed to it, we were getting, you know, I think 500 to 1500 views every time we put something out. And I know that's yeah. where you're sitting right now. I've di- I've come down a little bit just because of that, but you can get there if you're dedicated to it and that's what you want. You don't expect to get everything for free and easy because then everybody would get the same and that wouldn't work for you. But, um, that's a, that's an incredible stat. Another great stat is I've always been really bothered by the idea that people say LinkedIn is a B2B marketplace. I think to myself all the time, so who are these the, the the bees? Like I get the first business, that's me or you. But who's the second? Who's the second one? Well, it's a person who owns a business, who works in a business, who is affiliated with a business. Are they not a consumer? Are they not a successful consumer with money? And the answer is, hell yeah. I mean, so why would we completely ignore some myth out there that LinkedIn is only B2B? So I started looking for more stats. And uh, the truth is, is they're at 500 million right now, LinkedIn, but their goal is to get to 2.5 billion. And guess who's at 2.5 billion? Facebook. So is it possible mm-hmm. that, you know, in the next five to 10 years, LinkedIn is as big, but way more appropriate for this type of, for, for the outcomes that all of our listeners are looking for, which is not to be entertained, but to be inspired, educated, informed, aware, open, in the know, all those things. There's so much to learn from LinkedIn. Every day I learn something new from LinkedIn and it's incredible. I don't have the same outcomes when I go to Facebook. I can learn some stuff, (laughs) but there's a lot of stuff in between that elicit different vibes and feelings for me. And I find I get really um, unfocused when I'm on Facebook because it's all over the place. I just posted something on Facebook, Kirk, that said, uh, the way to achieve enlightenment is to argue with your friends on Facebook. <laughs> I I don't even engage it to that level, but I definitely, you know, from time to time I go to Facebook and read stuff and it, it, it serves a purpose, no doubt. And I understand that some people it's really important part of their life and other people it's less so anyway. There's two more statistics. I, I want to touch on one of the two. I, I, I'm going to touch on the 0.2% very quickly. Oh, it's 0.2% of users have published an article on LinkedIn. Just leave that there for a second. Now, this isn't just a post. This is an article. And if you look at what LinkedIn favors, LinkedIn favors you doing the work. Facebook favors you paying money. That's a huge philosophical difference between those two social media platforms. LinkedIn is going to reward your organic thought leadership. And one of the things that we do is we take your podcast and turn it into organic thought leadership. And 
0.2%. Talk about being under un, undersaturated. I mean, you're talking about 550,000 um, you know, podcasts being undersaturated. 0.2% of 500 million? That's nothing. That's that's no humans out there. And you as financial services professionals just really need to realize that you have you can be your own loud. You can broadcast your message in a very easy way and get it read because you got 11 times more likely to engage in content. You got 500 million people. What do you need? 0.01% of that to grow a successful business and only 2.2%, not 2%, 0.2% of people have actually published. Yeah, so there's a lot of room for professional content on on LinkedIn, it's not even close to being a, a crowded space. It feels like that for you and I because we have large um, followings but and a lot of connections. But certainly for most people, you know, it, it's, it's uh, not like that. So another great stat is that 45% of readers are upper-level management. So the people that are most engaged in content are people who are there to learn and get better and who have large incomes and disposable income, intelligent, well-educated. So there's wonderful opportunities there. So LinkedIn, if you haven't figured it out, we're kind of fans of it. And I think we give some pretty valid reasons and statistics why. All right. So, so now we're going to move to the, the third point here, which is to how to proactively expand podcast audience with ideal listeners. So go. Yeah, so this one is um, a, little, a little different, but we're because LinkedIn is such a great place, why don't we proactively connect with more people who would be ideal? So when I say ideal, you, you put, you know, there's, if you um, look at LinkedIn, uh, you can upgrade to something called sales navigator and in sales navigator, there's an advanced search and there's a number of criteria that you can do. It's not as targeted as Facebook, right? You can't get to the depths and the levels of what did you eat for breakfast and who do you know? And, um, crazy stuff like that. But as you know, Facebook's in a bit of trouble for that kind of stuff. So, um, but what you can do is go as deep as you can. You can, you can create Boolean strings, um, which means that you can identify keywords to look at or not. And that'll go, that'll enrich the, uh, the ability to target as specific as, as you can with your audience. But the idea that you can proactively go out and invite people who you think would be people who'd be interested in what you do, your specialty, and what you can do for them as a special niche, that is that being proactive there is a huge deal. Because most of the advisors that we've worked with and know, they've not put the time and work into building those, uh, like a network of those kinds of people in, in LinkedIn. So just think about it. If you can over time add a couple hundred people a month to your network over a couple of years, you've got a pretty amazing following. And guess what? All those people that you just invited, they're not going anywhere. So there's equity in that, which is an incredible thing to think of when you think about your when you pay for marketing is am I building equity in what I do? If every time I do something more, every month I pay for something or do something more, is my marketing worth more? And podcasting and LinkedIn, everything you do, it's worth more the next month. Does that make sense? Absolutely. When you have 10 podcasts, it's better than when you had one. When you have 20 podcasts, better than when you had 10. You get more credibility. You've probably improved your business and and, and how you offer value and how you communicate. 
your listeners now see, wow, we've got 20 podcasts. And guess what? You know, Matt and Kirk are now at 170-something podcasts. These guys must know what they're doing. This must be working. They must be onto something. And they must have an audience that's driving this. So instant credibility. That credibility is way better than it was when we had 20. And that's just the way it goes. Yeah. So think about when you think about marketing, think about that. Some marketing isn't a bad idea, but I would consider combining it with something that is building equity, right? So how, all the equity most people used to get was, oh, can I collect an email address? But this is a LinkedIn connection is better than an email address. Trust me. Well, let, let's talk about that a little bit because, you know, direct mail, um, email marketing, even text message marketing, uh, that is that is a push to you and you are going to consume that, uh, not necessarily at your own will. And podcasting in LinkedIn is different. Podcasting, the podcast is going to be pushed directly to the person's listening device and they can listen to it at their convenience. And it's the same thing with LinkedIn. You go on LinkedIn to search for stuff, to learn st stuff from people you trust, right? So the, the whole premise underneath these two things working together it's it's very 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 seamless because one it really accentuates the other. Is that is that where yes. you're thinking? Yeah. I was just thinking. About, financial advisors are going to hopefully appreciate this little analogy. But imagine being in a meeting with a with a potential investor, a, a client, and they ask you a question, and then right after they answer, ask you that question, they proceed to dissect how they're going to answer it, and they end up over the course of about a minute answering the question for themselves, and you just have to sit there and smile, <laughs> which is what you just did, right? You asked a question, and then you answered it. Uh, that's a wonderful thing. And that's, 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 mm -hmm. which is actually what podcasting and all this is doing is it's helping people answer questions for themselves so that when they talk to you, you don't have to sit there selling them, right? I've got this great little um, diagram that, that I made uh, recently and on the far left, it's got our blue, our advisor blueprint. If you're not familiar with that, it's attract, intrigue, engage, influence. And those are four different stages or uh, strategies that you need to consider in your marketing. You got to address all four of those. And at the, at the mark, just after attraction, I put a red dot and I drew a line. And I said, that's a lead. And, and you attract and they try to convert right away. And what do you do there is you have to sell to that person. So they are they are typically a non-believer. They've got some level of interest because they clicked on something, but there's not a developed interest, and they're and they're not informed and they don't know how you do things, all that kind of stuff. What we focus on is taking people to the end of that blueprint, that spectrum, if you will, which is attract, then intrigue them with an incredible message about what you do and who you do it for. Then engage them in all kinds of professional content, podcast, blog, white paper, whatever it may be. And then over time, influence them. Get them connected to your social channels, your email, and keep in touch with them. Build rapport, uh, educate, 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 and you're building a relationship all this time. And guess what? At the end of the and then at some point, they start a conversation, and you've already got a relationship. You don't have to sell. They're already sold. They come to you and say, I've been listening to you know, Kirk, Matt, we've been listening. I've listened to 20 plus podcasts that you've done. And I love everything you guys talk about. I love what you're doing. It's wonderful. I know I need to work with you guys. Can you guys just tell me how it works and how do we get there? 
Dude, you've, you've had those phone calls. So have I. It's unbelievable. Uh, you know, it, it, it took us a while again, because this isn't something that this is real marketing. It takes a little bit of time. But my sales process went from like three or four phone calls to like two, right? One, you know, they want to make sure that we're legit and, you know, find out a little bit more about us and, you know, kind of, you know, hey, I've been listening to your podcast and they just kind of, you know, poke, poke, poke test. And then so the second phone call is a decision. It's freaking yeah. awesome. I'll, I'll be honest. I'm at one. Oh, no, shut up, man. And it's because everybody understands that it makes so much sense. And this is part of what we're talking about today. But, you know, the reason we're here is to educate you guys, not talk about our, you know, sales. So the thing about LinkedIn is that if you have a good message, you can connect and invite with people. And if you're constantly doing that, you're bringing new mm-hmm. people into the, into your into your world. And the best way to do that is to talk talk to them about your podcast. Say, like, instead of saying, I want to connect and I'm going to bug you or I'm going to sell you or I'm going to send you this stupid message that's going to be, you know, some big call to offer or call to action to say, look, I like to connect. You look like you'd be somebody that we'd share some, some uh, interest, some mutual interest in and... Um, if you want to learn a little bit more about, you know, what I do and how I help people, you can listen to my podcast and guess Mm -hmm. what? Then, you know, you can follow up with that with other things that they can do to learn more and, or ways that you might be able to help them. So there's, there's all kinds of, uh, it's a different way to introduce yourself to people other than just pressing that little connect button and, or, Hey, I found you on LinkedIn, thought we should connect. Okay. What's in it for me? Who are you? I know people still, you know, do that a lot, but, and, and uh, I will admit I've done that over the years, um, but it's just a lazy way to try to expand your networks and there's better ways to do that, right? Yeah. Now you coined a phrase, micro-influencer. And, and the reason why it went from being an influencer to micro-influencer was actually a very ingenious epiphany. Why, why don't you talk about what a micro-influencer is and how that's different because that's what you're talking about. You're talking about engaging the audience and becoming an influencer of their lives over time. And 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 you again shrunk that down to micro influencer. Why don't you define what that means? So and first, let's I'm going to tell you a story about how this came to be, and it's another gift from LinkedIn. And that is that you know being active on LinkedIn, somebody had responded to something I had sent, and they said you had me until you used the word influencer in something I was expressing. I wasn't making an offer. I was just talking about, you know, marketing ideas and, and I used the word influencer and I, and I replied back to that person. I can't remember their name. I wouldn't say it anyway, but I said, you know, I totally agree with you. I, I don't like or prefer the word influencer because it's too grand and it's too big. I said, but I don't know what else to say. And then I said, and another word that lots of people don't like, and me at times as well is the idea is the word thought leader because we uh, we throw these terms around like they're easy to attain or like that everybody can do them and an influencer when i think about it and i think when i thought about putting that out into the world and representing what i wanted to help people achieve it's not wasn't true i said well i don't really want to help anybody be the next tony robbins the people that we work with they don't aspire to that i mean some of them want to be bigger and, and, and do, you know, a little bit bigger that, but usually that's not the case. 
And the truth is, is what we want to help them achieve is micro-influence. And micro-influence is an advisor or company that owns a specific expertise for a specific audience in a specific region. And that, when, when, when I came up with that or I thought about that, I thought that's what our audience wants. That's what we want to help people achieve. And more importantly than us being involved, it's what they should want to achieve for themselves is how do I own an expertise? How do I own an expertise that an audience uh, uh, and, and that audience that cares about that in the region that I want to work in? And that region could be really smaller, could be a little bit bigger. It's up, you know, up to that, you know, that person who wants to own it. But and Mike, that is what micro-influence is. Way more achievable, attainable, cl- way clearer strategies because, and, and, and way less of a spend because there are very practical ways. I think yeah. that's probably one of my favorite things about all these things we're talking about is they are not terribly complicated. There is a, a fair amount of different skills needed, but it's not the most expensive thing. It's a lot less expensive than than some alternatives, and I won't get into those alternatives because some of those alternatives can actually be great marketing. In fact, be incredible coupled with this seminars is an example. Yeah. Seminars and this could be a heck of a thing um, for those who are so dedicated to, to to make both of them happen at the same time. But um, that is what it micro influences. I love that you just brought up the fact that you can you can use this with other uh, things, especially with a seminar. I'm going to touch on that really quickly, and then we'll begin to uh, uh, wrap up the, the last part of this podcast. But can you imagine at the end of your seminar, if people don't set appointments, which there are people who don't set appointments, that you could just say, hey, why don't you, you know, if you didn't set an appointment tonight, if you want more education, much like what we talked about tonight, All you have to do is follow our podcast and then just walk them through those steps. It's very, very simple. You know, you uh, go on your phone and you look for podcasts, you click on podcasts, you tell them the name of your podcast and say, hit subscribe. And then every time we come out with a new podcast at your convenience, Mr. and Mrs. Johnson, you can listen to our podcast and continue with the education that we began tonight. What an amazing nurture sequence because what happens to a lot of people is they go to the seminars right kirk and then the the advisor's like well they were already here i'm not going to talk to them again and and they're 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 not paying attention to people who have already met them right have already experienced them but they don't want to deal with it because they didn't set an appointment immediately this is turning that ending of that seminar on its head and truly becoming a, you know part of that influencer continuum but imagine, let, let's let's uh, talk about at a seminar. You walk in, you sit down, and the advisor says it starts talking, and then in their bio, they they uh, whoever's introducing them says, and you know the founder and host of blah 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 podcast, my wealth podcast or something like that, right? And you don't think everyone in the audience is going to pipe up to that, listen to that? Oh wow, they have a podcast. Yeah, I'm telling you right now, podcasting is one of the most interesting things. An advisor can say that they do. <laughs> it, it is. It's it's different. Uh, it's intimate. Uh, it's interesting. It showcases personality. Uh, it's on their time, on their terms, not yours. You know, it's on demand because it's on demand. It's, it's you're having fun doing it, so you're probably more fun to listen to than than when you know. So there's so many incredible factors, and that, those are just some of the things that make. 
podcasting, you know, we're going on and on. But anyway, let me let me tell you this quote that I got recently. Quote: It was a uh, an email mm-hmm. from somebody, and it said, "If you can't deliver leads, don't call me back." And I think it's the, the reason I'm bringing this up is because one, it was inspiring for me to have that kind of feedback. But the second one is, if you want to have success. Oh, there's a great quote on, I use this tool called mindmeister.com and they have quotes all the time. And they're saying, it's not, it's not the new ideas that, that hold me back. It's the new thinking that holds me back. It's, it's the, it's the inability to stop, to undo what I already know, something like that. And I thought that's what, that really uh, affects advisors because you've been fed by the same people pretty much very similar information for many, many years. And one of the things that Matt and I, one of the reasons Matt and I do this podcast is to try to change the mindsets of people and try to explore these new opportunities and ways. And, and maybe you're thinking this isn't all that new of a mindset, but I think the idea that, that leads are everything is a problem. And I think you need to think maybe, you know, I like to say, we like to say lead, leads, lead generation is dead. And that's a bold statement. I'm not sure it's 100% true because, you know, we could argue the ambiguity of what a lead is. But to me, a lead is somebody that you attract and quickly try to sell. And I think that's a big waste of time. We're trying to, what we're trying to do is build relationships, ignite relationships, inspire relationships, nurture those relationships, influence those relationships, and on their terms the entire way. And if you can do that, that is, that's the new marketing, right? And, and when you talk to most, Marketers, we're talking to everybody's kind of throwing the kitchen sink at you. We got click people, we've got retargeting people, we've got Facebook people, we've got Twitter people, we got branding people, website people, webinar people, seminar people, LinkedIn people, we got podcast people, we got white paper people, we got search people, we got Instagram people, we got click or anything people, we got blog people, we got video people, right? We got email nurture people. How many other people do we have? There's a lot of people, right? And everybody's got their own mandate. And you can say the same thing about us. But um, what we're trying to do is connect the most effective things that can actually work really well with other things. And they're efficient. And so what what we're doing and what we, you know, so what we're doing is we've come up with a strategy. And what what we're trying to do is, of course, we're always trying to sell what we do. But we're trying to sell the concept and a new mindset that don't think of everything like leads. Think about it, igniting relationships, inspiring relationships, influencing people, educating people on their terms so that you build a relationship. And when they come to you, they don't need to be sold to. They just need to be told, told, you know, this is how, you know, this is how it's going to work. Not told, but, you know, questioned and answered. And that's what we want to get to. And the micro influencer program is really three things. We've gone over all three of them today. I just said a programmer, but the micro influencer strategy is three things. So the micro-influencer strategy is proactively invite people in LinkedIn who are ideal opportunities and prospects for you to come, for you to have a relationship with and find a, a very nice and friendly way to reach out and connect with them. And you should do a couple hundred a week. Do not do them all in one day. Do not exceed 100 in a day, but find a way, have a personalized message and get that done. It is fairly laborious to do that have an assistant do it or hire a company. It's one of the things that we do here, but you should absolutely be doing that. You'll need sales navigator to achieve that. 
and should probably have a schedule once or, or a calendar link if they decide, hey, you know what, what you're doing is really cool. Let's just talk now because that, that's a possibility. I always want to give them the possibility that they can reach out to you right away if they want to. The second thing is you're not going to really impress them that much if you don't have a great LinkedIn profile. So you want to enhance your profile. And if you're not consistently sharing on LinkedIn, because that shows a lot of depth, credibility that you're not just, because I see this all the time. Somebody throws out an offer, but they're not really adding any value to my world. Those people fall off my list really quick and they'll fall off your list too. So you want to make sure that you're really strong on LinkedIn in both those areas. And the most important part is you got to have a voice. You got to be your own loud. You got to have a podcast. If you can have a podcast that fills in a lot of the gaps, the credibility, what what kind of person are you a good communicator? Do you really, you know, do you really know and understand me as an as a person and my ideal and my um, my me as an ideal uh, client? Do you, do you get me? Does what you do actually solve the problems that I, I actually have? So if you if you can convey all that through your podcast, man, you've got. You know, you've got a great opportunity for us to build a relationship. And, and that relationship may just be me promoting you to other people, which is w- wonderfully acceptable for a financial advisor. We don't need to be clients, but if you're going to sing my praises, you know, who am I to get in your way? So, in fact, I'm going to keep feeding you more information so you'll keep telling other people about me. And so those three things together yeah. are really incredible. And the neat thing about podcasting is it's very versatile and one of the things that we're spending a lot of time doing right now is is multiplying content. So there's technology now where you can create audio clips and share an audio clip. So if somebody might not want to spend 45 or, or 25 minutes listening to your podcast. I know this one's gone on longer than we usually do, but there's audio clips. You can create a quote meme from a quote that you have. It's very easy to do that. You can use a tool called canva.com and there's other uh, meme type uh, things that you can create uh, tools. And so those are really important. And then you could you could transcribe it and have a blog post written from it, and you can easily turn it into a video. So those are all things that we do here, but that you can figure out to do. So it's a very versatile medium that you can turn to other kinds of content, and then you can share that content on LinkedIn all the time. So those, those are some pretty incredible strategies uh, to pursue a micro-influence strategy. Hopefully I've got most of the, most of the points out there. But, th- you know, this is marketing. Right. This is when things connect like this. That's marketing. Just think of it. If you put these three leading edge and practical marketing tactics into an into effect, and each of these build on one another and create equity in their own in their own right, how can this not be uh, an incredible uh, strategy for you to implement? And just just to put all of this into true perspective and, and proofs in the pudding, this is how Kirk and I have grown Top Advisor Marketing. I mean, this is, this is it. This is, uh, you know, using our networks, using LinkedIn and using the podcast, those things working together and have just created this momentum that's allowed us to, to one, have a great time doing what we do and two help a bunch of people, which by the way, has been somewhat lucrative. So Kirk, any closing thoughts Uh, before we wrap up uh, today's statements? And this one keeps coming up with advisors that I'm talking to about this strategy is that they need to stop buying leads and they need to invest in a system that they own. So stop buying leads and invest in a system you own. And what I mean by owning is is what I got alluded to earlier, that you're building equity all the time. And it's a system that you can own. You know, own your podcast, uh, own your LinkedIn channel, all that stuff. And I think it's a, a, think about embracing a new mindset to get you there. Thanks, man. 
That was fun. I think it, it it's a it's a long story. So apologies for you know keeping everybody on a little bit longer, but hopefully every minute was worth it. Hey Kirk, I think when uh, people know uh, when I'm introducing that that it's you and I doing a podcast, <laughs> it's going to be a little longer. True. All right. So everybody, if you want to know more about this micro-influencer package, all you have to do is go to topadvisormarketing.com. We've got a whole bunch of great information there. If you want to know more, uh, if you want to reach out to either Kirk or me directly, it's Kirk at topadvisorm.com or Matt at topadvisorm.com. And as I've said on the last probably 20 podcasts, if you have an idea or a guest that you think should be on this podcast, either a topic that we cover or a person who should be interviewed by us, please make sure that you email me at Matt at topadvisorm. M is for marketing topadvisorm.com. And if you don't mind, please just take a moment to give us a quick review on iTunes. We'd really, really appreciate it. It's great feedback. Also helps us with our search engine optimization on iTunes specifically. But after you've done 170 some odd podcasts, we're pretty much on, on, the, uh, on the upper end of it anyway. But it does give us really good feedback and it is nice to hear that you guys like it. And if you know of a financial services professional, if you know of an estate planning attorney, a CPA, or an insurance agent who wants to be able to become a micro-influencer and going back to the definition that Kirk had said, which is an advisor or company that owns a specific expertise for a specific audience in a specific region. We have talked about niches and niches on this ad nauseum. This is the perfect way, the perfect culmination, the perfect storm for all of this to come together. So for everybody on Top Advisor Marketing and for all of you out there, I want to thank you very much for listening. This is Matt Halloran, and we'll see you on the other side of the mic very soon. Are you ready to change the way you communicate with your clients? Are you tired of being the best kept secret in your area? Learn how to become a prolific online influencer, attract more ideal clients, and grow your business. Contact us today and see what the power of podcasting can do for your business. Click on the Contact Us link on our website at topadvisormarketing.com and set up a call to learn more. Follow us on LinkedIn and Facebook for more updates and information. This was brought to you by iris.xyz a platform helping financial professionals become better in business and life through new media and new voices. Visit them and learn more at iris.xyz.